Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent from Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. This is God's word. It needs to be said and repeated because we too often forget it that you are the jewel of God's creation. You are the most important part of all that he has made. Among the, the rush for us over the last 20, 30, 40 years when we've become more keen to the needs of our environment and our planet, it can be tempting to exalt those things above that basic truth that people are the most important thing. It is good to care for God's creation, no doubt. The minute we begin talking about Mother Earth as though the planet is some sort of goddess to whom we are all subject, we lose sight of that basic reality. It's about the people. It was not until... God had created the man and the woman and placed them in the garden that on the sixth day God could look at his creation and say that it was not just good, it's very good. You are precious to your creator. And the devil can't stomach that truth. That you are more precious to your creator than anything else. The devil tries to drive a wedge between you and the one who loves you. We've all encountered relationships where that happens, where something comes between Two who are meant to love each other, a husband and a wife, a job can get in the middle. An addiction like pills or booze or gambling or pornography can get in the middle and drive husband and wife apart. An affair, another man or woman can be the thing that drives apart two who are meant to be one flesh. Satan's M.O., is to do that to you and your God. He does that by attacking, causing doubt in, twisting, and misrepresenting God's very clear word that he gives to his people. And he's, he's been up to the same old tricks from the very, very get-go. What he does with Adam and Eve in the garden here this morning in our Old Testament reading 
is what he tried with Jesus in the wilderness and what he tries with you today. He causes doubt in God's word, his clear word that's plain as day. So for example, he goes to Eve in the garden and says, did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Of course, God said nothing of the sort. Adam and Eve were free to eat from any tree in the garden, save one. But Satan causes doubt. He puts Eve on the defensive to try to back up and defend the Lord's word. The second thing he does is he he twists God's word. So that it doesn't say what it actually says. He tells Eve that if she were to eat the fruit of the tree, he says, you will not surely die. Now that's a twisting of God's word because it's sort of a a half-truth. God had said, if you eat the fruit of the tree, you will surely die. The devil says you will not surely die. Well, they're both... Correct. At least the devil is correct insofar as Adam and Eve eat the fruit. They don't drop dead the moment it touches their lips. They were still alive following that. But of course, the Lord God's word was true. Death had entered the world and Adam and Eve would surely die because of their sin. But Satan, with a twist of that word, a half-truth, if you will, deceives Eve. And then finally, the devil misrepresents God's word by saying something that is true, but having a different consequence than what's intended. The devil said to Eve, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil's misrepresenting God's word. That's a true statement. By eating the fruit... Adam and Eve would become like God. Prior to this, they had no conception of the distinction between good and evil. Now, like God, they will know of evil. They will be enslaved to evil. But that truth that the devil told them was not a blessing for them to become like God in that regard, it was a curse. The devil uses these tricks against all people to cause doubt in God's word, to twist it and to misrepresent it. Probably think of examples of how you and I have fallen for those same ploys ourselves. The times we have doubt in God's word. For example, God's word clearly says that he loves the whole world, and sent Jesus to die for us all, but doubt creeps in and says, no, that love can't be for me. Clearly, I'm beyond God's love somehow. That's doubt in the clear word. Or God's word gets twisted. For example, Jesus tells us we are not to judge lest we be judged ourselves. And we take that and twist it to mean Well, no one can judge me. It means I can do what I want. No one can 
judgment, forgetting all the times that God's word clearly condemns our sin and tells us to point out sin in others. The devil still misrepresents God's word, takes things that are absolutely true and we read them the wrong way. For example, the scriptures clearly tell us that God is a righteous judge. And people will fall into either fear of God, knowing that they can never please him, instead of looking to Christ as their righteousness. Or they think that they can be righteous themselves, that they can somehow keep God's commands and please him. Adam and Eve failed to hold to God's word. Because of that, they couldn't withstand Satan's tricks. By contrast, our Lord Jesus Christ does hold to God's word. He quotes it over and over in our gospel today. You can see the same tricks at work. Satan casting doubt. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus, faithful to the word of God, says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan tries to twist that word. He actually quotes scripture to Jesus. Throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. But the Lord Jesus responds, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Satan misrepresents the word of God. All these I will give you, all the kingdoms of the earth, if you will bow down and worship me. Oh, it is true. He is the prince of this world. And the world is under his dominion, but it will not be taken from him by false worship. And so Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only. Shall you serve? Jesus models for us that resistance to the devil's same old tricks happens by means of the very same word that we as people have always had. Of course, Jesus is more than an example of resisting the devil. He's the very same Lord that was promised by God himself when he spoke to the serpent and said, I will put enmity between you and the woman And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. You see, in Jesus Christ, the one who is tempted on our behalf, the division is removed. That wedge that's driven between us and God. Jesus places the wedge between us and the devil. More than a wedge. His cross is a stake right in the heart of the devil. A crushing of his head, if you will.
You see, dearest friends, in Jesus Christ, though your sin drives you away from God, though it drives a wedge between you and your Creator who loves you, as Adam and Eve hid in the garden after their sin, fearing the Lord's presence, your God has never moved in His love. He simply removes the wedge that comes between you and him. He has never failed to love you. You have always been his most precious creation. You have always been his beloved. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, reminds us that it's because of Adam's sin that we find ourselves separated from God, that we find ourselves doubting his words, that we find ourselves alone. Paul writes, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, in other words, because Adam sinned, and died. All of us sin and die. Paul continues, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. In other words, though through Adam's sin you have sinned, though through Adam's death you have death, in Jesus You have righteousness. In Jesus, you have life. Death undone. That wedge taken away. Satan's plan to drive a wedge between you and God has failed. Because nothing can break God's love for you. Nothing can undo the fact that you are his treasured possession, the jewel of his creation. And his love for you in Jesus Christ remains unbroken, unending, and undefeated. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.